You're listening to the So You Think You're Intuitive podcast, a podcast to help you reactivate, grow, and trust your intuition so you can live a more empowered and connected life. Join me, Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, every Wednesday for inspired conversations, guidance, and practical tips on how you can work with your intuition in your everyday life. Because who doesn't want to trust their intuition more? Welcome back to So You Think You're Intuitive. I'm Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, taking you on this journey to reactivate and trust your intuition. Happy Wednesday. Hope you're doing well. Ah, it is August. I am really noticing the energy shift since July. If you've uh, listened to the August upgrade message, yeah, the um, energy theme for August is reflect, renew and recalibrate. And I have been doing just that. My mum was visiting and we went to the island, Vancouver Island, just off of Vancouver. And it was really, really nice to have some rest um, and some downtime and time in nature. Like went to on a boat trip, got to go to these amazing, like naturally occurring hot springs. And they are right by the ocean and you take this like amazing amazing boat trip and you go into the you walk through the rainforest and then yeah you spent a couple of hours in these um, like just beautiful rock pools and it was just a real moment to get back into nature and have that silence I for me I've really noticed recently living in Vancouver which to be honest with you you know as much as people call it a city for me coming from London and living in London for 10 years Vancouver just feels like a town like it's got real kind of like yeah medium-sized town energy but it is noisy and the last week or so has made me realize how sensitive I am to noise how I am sensitive to car traffic and the background noise and so for me um yeah this time of reflect renew recalibrate has made me realize how I crave silence I crave to be able to go to sleep with no background noise or just to get out in nature and we're really lucky we got to see whales and and bears and eagles and yeah it was just be it's been so lovely to get back into nature and to take some time out to yeah listen to the August upgrade message themes reflect renew recalibrate and that's what I am doing in August and so yeah the podcast is going to go on a two-week break that is gonna this episode is airing and then there's going to be a two-week break and then I'm coming back with the September upgrade message September 4th but I yeah felt the call to take two weeks um, mini break from the podcast to reflect, renew, recalibrate, bring new energy back 
into the podcast come September because I was reflecting the other day um, that this podcast is is nearly a year. Yeah, the podcast launched on, was it 30th of October last year? So it's nearly a year that this podcast has been airing. So yeah, I want to reflect and renew on the journey that has been this podcast and the offerings that I am being called to share with you come September, October um, getting downloads on those and uh, yeah I want to kind of create some space for that flow to come in but I will do a shout out because although the podcast is going on break I am still doing a monthly online circle this month and this month's circle is happening on Wednesday 21st of August and it is a recalibrate your soul circle. Got this channeled message from spirit to make this month's circle aligned with the energy for the month. So June, July has, it's really been a time of deep healing and wake up calls and soul searching for many of us. I myself included and Spirit kept sharing that we need to use this month's circle as a time of healing, a time of where we can heal our souls and recalibrate and heal what we've been going through emotionally, physically and spiritually. So this month's circle is a recalibrate your soul online circle. There is going to be healing with spirit. There is going to be a guided meditation. There's going to be some journaling, some ritual. Yeah, if you have been joining my circles, um, they're really led by spirit and sometimes um, I can get downloads during the circle and we can add things in as they want us to go on this journey together but it is a recalibrate your soul online circle it's wednesday 21st of august 6 30 to 7 30 p.m pst but if you can't join live no worries because the replay goes out to everyone so you can join wherever you are in the world you can do the healing in your own time and it's $25 to join. There'll be a link in the show notes of all the information about the circle and how you can sign up. These circles um, sell out. So if you want to join, make sure you sign up. Okay. So thank you for sending in all of your questions over the last couple of months since I've been doing a shout out for you to send in your questions. And so this episode before we go on break is going to be dedicated for me to answer some of the amazing insightful questions that you have been asking and I am really looking forward to sharing the answers with you. So let's just get started. There are so many questions and I want to answer as many of them as possible. Okay, let's begin. Hi Natalie, this is Sarah and I'm from Israel and I was have a question about those passing over to the other side and transitioning because while I completely am becoming so connected to the other worlds and I do believe that I live between the worlds and in many ways we all do, I'm wondering about grief and when grief is appropriate or not and how to move through grief while also welcoming the spirit into the other side. Um, I don't know if that exactly is a clear question or how to really say it the other way, but I think a lot about does death have to be as dramatic as we make it? And I say that with all the love in my heart. So that is my question, and I thank you very much. 
Hi, Sarah. Thank you for this impactful question about death and grief. I feel like grief is a really important part of the process for the people who are left behind. For Because when the soul goes home, like, because when we pass over, it is a going home. For the person who is passing over, the transition can feel like they're going home and they will feel whole and they will feel complete. And it's us who are left behind that can feel empty and can feel this grief and this loss and the overwhelm and the questioning and asking why but the feeling of grief is an important healing process it's something we shouldn't ignore it's something that we should embrace we should allow ourselves to feel all the feelings around the death process and the grieving process of losing someone that we love or that we're connected to But we must understand that when the soul passes over, they're going back home. There's a sense of being reconnected to the other side. But if we are experiencing grief, it's really important to take those and find those moments, if you can, to find the joy, to find the love and to celebrate the person who's passing over I think that's what you mean why why does death have to be so dramatic it can be a light process it can be a sense of we can still experience grief and we can still experience sadness and loss but we can also experience joy and happiness and love and compassion as well for that person as well Again, it's a world of duality where there is light, there are shadows, and so it's important for us to embrace the shadow side of ourselves that come up during death and grieving and loss, but it's also important for us to connect to the joy and the love as well. Thanks, Sarah. Great question. Hey, Natalie. Thanks for taking our questions. This is awesome. I have been getting messages from spirit lately that I have energetic gifts, and I've gotten these messages off and on over the years, but I believe it now, and I'm ready to step into it, but I don't know what my energetic gifts are exactly. I know I'm not a seer, um, but I definitely feel, and I feel things that are true. And I don't have any more clarity than that. And I don't know what to do next. So was wondering what you would suggest. Thanks. Bye. Tracy, thank you for this question. Tracy's from Indianapolis in Indiana. Yeah, where do you start with your gifts? When you find out you've got a feeling gift, a knowing gift, a hearing gift, or a combination of gifts, what do you do next? How do you go about discovering new gifts how do you develop those gifts what does that look like and how because in the end yeah once you've discovered them how on earth do you work with them how do you develop them firstly Tracy um, I would say if you haven't done it already go and do my online quiz um, which is all about discovering your gifts and how to work with them it's a free online quiz I will link it in the show notes and you can also access it via my website but it's basically a quiz that takes you 
but, but it's basically a quiz where you answer a series of questions and it lets you know what gift you have. And then you basically receive in your inbox a PDF which breaks down all the gifts and then it also shares with you how you can develop them further, how you can take it to the next level. So great, I've got this hearing gift. How do I develop it? I've got this sense of knowing, but how can I use it? How can I take that gift to the next level? And so I encourage you to go and take the online quiz and have a read of the PDF. The other thing is I'm also going to be doing an online course in September, which is going to be dedicated to this. A lot of you have been asking and saying, hey, now I want to improve my hearing gifts. I want to improve my knowing gifts. I want to take my gifts to the next level. And these online workshops, hearing, seeing, knowing, feeling, I'm going to be doing them as separate individual courses so that you can do them all together or you can mix and match which one that you want to learn and develop. But what I would say is there's some practical advice to do in your own time is really connect to your imagination. Imagination is really key in developing your gifts. So taking time out to really use your own visual gifts, like imagining that you are in your childhood home. It's a great exercise where you put yourself back into your childhood home or somewhere that you love growing up as a kid and that you imagine that you are there and you visualize yourself walking around so that you can hear it, you can see it, you can feel it, you know that you're in that space. That can be a really simple practical exercise that kind of can trigger those parts of your intuitive body to help you receive more messages and guidance and knowing of others. And one other thing that you can do is create more of a meditation practice, a weekly meditation practice. You can do it daily if you feel called, um, where you ask your guides to step forward and you just see what wants to come through, whether it is more of a knowing, more feeling, more seeing. Um, yeah, and just ask them to step forward and say, hey, what do I need to know today? And just see what comes through for you. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks for submitting your question. I'm now going to go to a written question. And this question is from Madeline. And she says, I meditate, but I have noticed I don't see colors, shapes, images. When I close my eyes, it's dark. I went to go and see a clairvoyant healer to help me solve my meditation mystery. And she says it's because I'm on Prozac. I tried to stop my medication multiple times over the decades, but I can't. I need it. Is it really true that I'm not able to connect to my spirit guide, see colors and connect with source because I'm medicated? I'm completely deflated. Thank you, Natalie. I trust your opinion and I can't wait to hear your response, Madeline. Madeline, firstly, thank you for sending this question in because I know that there are other listeners out there that are going to be asking this question as well. So firstly, it's really important that if we need medication, if we need to be on Prozac, if we need to be on other antidepressants, it is key that we keep taking them. 
Our bodies and our mental health are the priority before connecting to our intuition. And that we can still connect to our intuition and our guides and be on medication as well. It doesn't have to be a choice, a choice where it's like, oh, I have to be non-medicated to connect to my gifts. I'm sorry that you are feeling deflated, that you don't feel connected to source and that you're not feeling your guides and the colors and the shapes. But honestly, you've been listening to your own intuition and not listening to that clairvoyant healer that said, oh, it's because you're on Prozac that you're not experienced things because you listened to your own intuitive body that said, I need this. I need this right now. And I'm going to continue to take that. So firstly, I just wanted to share that with you to say you are listening to your intuition and that is absolutely huge. But the topic of depression and medication and connecting to spirit, what I will say is go slowly. There can be this big sense of pressure and overwhelm that we want to have instant results or we want to see it all and experience it all and working with our guides can be small it can be subtle it will mean that we won't get all of the colors and all of the brightness and all of it all at once because our guides know that we're going through other things in our life right now and that they'll want to take it on a small bite-sized baby step process with us and they are respecting our journey and they're respecting where you're at right now. So as I'm talking the message that's coming through Madeline is go slow Do what you can on a daily basis. A daily meditation practice would be really, really helpful right now, whether it's one of my guided meditations or something on Insight Timer. Insight Timer is amazing. I use it myself um, because I don't want to be doing guided meditations listening to my own voice. (laughs) So I go on Insight Timer. They're free and I really love using them. And it just feels, Madeline, you're in a space where you're rebuilding the trust with yourself. You're rebuilding the trust with your intuition, with your guides, but know that you are intuitive and you will begin to see more and you're in a time of healing and you don't have to stop your medication to connect to your guide, spirit and intuition. Thanks, Madeline. Hi, Natalie. This is Kelly from Michigan, and I have a question about signs. Specifically, um, I'm having a tr- I'm having trouble really understanding when I'm given the sign. I ask for specific signs in certain situations when I don't want to make a decision on my own because I know I will overanalyze it and and think too too much with my left brain. And instead, I um, leave it up to my guides and I say, if I should do this, show me this. If I shouldn't, you know, show me this. And I'm always given the signs um, pretty quickly and pretty obviously. And I've followed them. And whenever I followed them, they worked out beautifully. And there was one time in particular that I didn't follow because I didn't want to listen. And I learned a lesson the hard way. Um, So I guess what I'm trying to understand is... When I ask for signs, 
is it possible that I can manifest the signs to show up in my life like like I see them? You know, they're obvious. They're in my face. They're like a billboard shouting at me. You know, am I that powerful that I, I want to see it that bad that I can manifest it? Um, or am I not that powerful and it really is my guides, my higher self, whatever, um, following through and putting, putting that object in, in my, in my life for me to see and to, um, then use for my, for my good. Cause like I said, I, I use it a lot and, uh, and it feels right. So I guess I'm kind of answering my own question by knowing that it feels right, but I just wanted to get your um, take on whether or not if it's something that I really, really want to see a sign on. And I'm not necessarily forcing myself to look around and look for it, but when it pops up, I guess sometimes I just question, okay, was that me? Did I just manifest that into my life because I wanted to see it so bad or is this really my guides? So um, I hope that question made sense. And thank you so, so much. I really appreciate your advice and guidance. Kelly, yes, yes, yes. Trust, trust, trust. If it feels right in your body, you are aligned with the signs that you're asking for. If they're showing up so quickly and you're asking for signs that are with the best intentions for your higher purpose, for the vision that you want to create and spirit and your guys are showing them to you, trust them. You are powerful. Like we are all powerful beings and it is a combination of you tapping into your best intentions and your higher vision and saying, I would like to see this is because you are stepping in and you're asking for the signs and your guides are bringing them through for you. So trust what you are being shown. And as you say, like when you saw a sign and you didn't act on it, and then there was a lesson regarding that. There is always free will in all of this. Um, someone asked me the, the other day and I want to bring this into it is there free will in signs if I ask for a sign and I don't follow it is something bad gonna happen um no you'll just be there'll just be some other learning along the way um you'll be brought back to the path in a different way but signs are there to help and I know you use the word manifesting did I manifest this sign you asked your guides for clarity and you received it you wouldn't see the sign if they didn't want to show it to you like I've had those experiences where I've really really wanted something and I've asked the sign and it hasn't come through and I'm like okay cool I'm going to listen to that I'm going to follow that as well but keep trusting and if that practice of asking for signs is working for you and you feel like you're in the flow keep doing it and you'll know when you're asking to see a sign and it doesn't feel aligned and it doesn't feel aligned in your heart space but you're asking it anyway for clarification and you know it in your heart you'll know when you're kind of forcing a sign to come through versus it being you're surrendering it up and you're open to the non-attachment of seeing the sign and that is key but yeah trust the process thanks kelly 
I am briefly interrupting this episode to let you know about my new online workshop, Heal Your Ancestor Story. During my one-on-one client sessions, Channeling Spirit, it kept coming up that the patterns, themes, and blocks they were experiencing were connected to their ancestors and their family. So I decided to share the tools and guidance shared by Spirit on how to begin to heal these stories in this Heal Your Ancestor Story online workshop. Our ancestor story are made up of the themes, blocks and patterns we carry from our ancestors. And they don't have to be from our ancestors hundreds of years ago, but our parents, grandparents and great-grandparents. When we identify our story and begin to heal it, we are not only healing ourselves, but the past generations and generations yet to come. During this workshop, I will guide you through a series of guided meditations and journaling where you will identify your ancestor story and begin the healing process. You can also do this if you don't know who your family are. There are payment plans available and between now and December 2019, there are pre-recorded support check-in calls to guide you through the process and the journey where you can submit your questions of anything that's coming up for you during this process. For more information, visit the show notes where there is a link on how you can find out more information and sign up to this Heal Your Ancestor Story online workshop. Thanks for listening. And now back to the episode. Hey, Natalie. My name's Brennan, and I'm from Washington State. And I'm also a musician and a writer and a songwriter. And so my question pertains to the creative pursuits. I've found in my creative process that the very best things uh, that I come up with almost seem to emerge from a place that is beyond me like a divine intervention they just pop into my head ready to go and um whereas when it feels like it's just me and I'm not connected to that intuitive creative outlet that if it's just me then I'm slaving away and so my question is how can I better be able to tune in to my intuitive, musical, creative side. And I think a lot of that could have to do with working with my spirit guides, working with uh, my own intuitive inner voice. But yeah, I just wanted to know if you had any kinds of thoughts about how um, a musician or a writer or any kind of artist, I think that this can apply to a lot of creative types, um, how we can better tune into that intuition and get the juices flowing um but anyways thank you so much i really love the podcast and i look forward to the monthly message every single month so keep doing what you're doing thanks so much brennan thank you for this question oh yeah the creative process and working with spirit i so feel you when you're in the flow it feels like you're not writing or creating or painting um or composing if you're a musician it just flows through you there's an energy that you're getting out of your own way the ego just steps aside and you channel all the creativity and the messages and the love and the flow that wants to come through in your creative process and then 
there are the days where it can feel really frustrating because it's like, why is this so difficult? Why is there nothing coming through? Um, am I any good? Is this rubbish? What's the point of this? Oh my gosh. Yes. I so feel you on all of that and it can be really testing. And yeah, so you can be like, well, how do I get back into that flow state? How can I get back into those channeling moments? How can I do this? A couple of things that work for me when I'm writing or recently when I'm painting is firstly uh, non-attachment. So not getting focused on the outcome of like, oh, I said I was going to write this many pages today, or this is what I expected to come through me and I'm being asked to channel something else. There is sometimes a stepping away where you can be surprised by what flows through you. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, But to practice that non-attachment, I find that for me to, I have to be in the right mental state, physical state in that flow being. So ways that you can do that before you start channeling, you could meditate before you get yourself into a creative flow. Doesn't have to be a traditional seated meditation. It could be that you go for a walk or that you go and do an exercise class or that you make some food, something that gets you into that space of receiving is important. I will also find that I will channel information better when I have a little break from technology. So stepping away from computers, phones, social media, actually creating that space so that you can hear and receive without the interruptions or the interference from that exterior world where you're being called by spirit to really tune in and tap in to your own emotional body and the creative flow and process that wants to come through you. You can also set an intention if you've done all of that and you're ready to create and you're ready to step into that flow, you can set an intention. You can ask your spirit, what is the word or theme that my creativity needs to focus on today? And picking a word of love or abundance or fire or passion and just allowing what wants to come through. So it's like, oh, I received the phrase passion. Okay, what does this mean to me? What wants to flow through me creatively that symbolizes passion? You can also If you like oracle cards or tarot cards, you can pull a card at the beginning of your writing session or when you pick up a paintbrush or you're about to pick up your musical instrument, like pull cards, pull a rune, whatever. If you want that additional guidance, see what comes through. I will also sometimes do this with books where if you've got a book that you resonate with, um, whether it's a novel or a self-help book, or something where you literally like flip through the book and you see what page it lands on. I sometimes find that that can really help give you some guidance and some flow. But trust the creative process that wants to flow through you. And if it stops, 
um, respect that energy when it stops and don't force yourself to get back into that creative flow. I've also been doing some yoni steaming, which has been really helpful um, to get me into the creative flow process and breath work. Breath work is also really great to help you get into your creative flow to receive the messages and the downloads and guidance of what spirit want to help you to create. But yeah, enjoy the creative process, highs and lows. And when you're in that flow, it is so magical. Thanks, Brennan. Hi, Natalie. My name is Jenica, and I wanted to specifically ask you about deities, working with deities as a psychic medium. And I'm asking because I feel a strong call to work with the goddess Hecate. It's really exciting, but I'm also very confused because I, and like a lot of listeners here, grew up with a certain religious perspective or a certain you know religious idea about deities and I just wanted to ask your honest opinion as to what's your opinion working with deities as a psychic medium are deities good to work with and any tips on how to properly work with them thank you so much Hi Jen, thank you for asking your question. It's funny that you mentioned Hecate. Hecate came up for me uh, a couple of weeks ago to go and research Hecate and what she was all about and to look at connecting to this Greek goddess. So yeah, you can connect to different deities. If you are feeling called and it feels aligned for you to connect to the energy of what that deity is about and what they symbolize, yeah, there is nothing wrong with connecting and working with deities. I know some people have really strong practices around working with different gods and different goddesses from the ancients and they really involve them in their practices and they call in them daily. Some people have altars to certain gods and goddesses that they like to work with. For me personally, I don't work with any deities on a regular basis. Sometimes if they come through energetically when I'm doing a guided meditation, I might go and do some research on who they are, what they represent, what their historical context is, what the symbols are and what the meaning is of working with them. I will then ask myself, what does it mean to me? Why am I being called to look at this energy? What messages and guidance can I take from working with this deity, with this God? What's their story? And what am I being called to look at? So for me, when I did research on Hecate, it was interesting that she has a lot of um, work to do with portals, a lot of things with doorways. And for me, it was like, 
ah, okay, I'm being called to look at and research Hecate because of her connection to portals and doorways. So that's what I took from doing the research on Hecate around my own personal practice. So yeah, if you feel called to work with a deity, um, you can call them in like you call in working with a spirit guide during meditation. If there's a deity that you want to work with, spring them forward and connect with them and feel their energy and ask them to step forward. And if you're listening to this and it doesn't resonate, again, it's about listening to what feels good and what you relate to in your practice. And I rarely work with deities and only very rarely do I get the call to work with a specific deity. And if I do, it is literally for a very short moment and for research. But yeah, sometimes people work with them all the time and that's what feels good for them. The next question is from Melissa. Hello, Natalie. My name is Melissa and I have a question regarding boundaries and intentions. Specifically, I will soon be teaching creative workshops. I really, really love the idea of enabling a space where people can explore uh, an intuitive connection to creativity. I really love intuitive art. And I was wondering if you have any, any advice or experience regarding setting healthy boundaries and also setting intentions for that, that space and that, that group or that closet I would like to, to start teaching. So thank you very much. Melissa, congrats on putting these circles on these groups. They sound absolutely amazing. Yeah, with setting intentions and boundaries for group work like this, it's really key to do this. So uh, when I do this personally with groups, I will always energy clear the space that I'm working in to give the space a reset. So I'm putting my energy into the space and setting the intention that I want the group to be grounded and protected and that the messages in the group is going to flow with love, ease and grace. I will also take some time in the space beforehand if I can to just connect to my guides and see if there's any messages that want to come through for that group, any blocks or any roadblocks or things that we might face during that group session. I might get some messages and guidance before the group actually arrives. And like what I said in the previous question about creativity and setting that intention to work with spirit creatively, you can also put a card at the start of the group session to set an intention for the group when they've all arrived. I do this with some of my online circles that when the um, when the group have arrived, I'll pull a card live in front of the group and say, this is the energy that we're going to be working with, or this is some of the intention that we're going to be working with and I will do that then and I'll also do it before um, the call as well so I'm getting messages and guidance for me on how I need to lead
lead and facilitate the group and then yeah and then repeating it for when the energy of the group is there and then getting any other additional clarity and guidance on that group and with running groups um especially in the intuitive space go with the flow sometimes you can have a plan and you're like oh this is what I'm going to do this week or this is what the process is and this is the journey I'm going to take people on and then sometimes spirit like actually what the group really needs is this or xyz or they really need to do this piece of work or this creation um, and trusting that and being open to change your plans um to fit with them versus like oh and and not being rigid that's something that I've really um learned especially within a creative group space but um good luck with the groups they sound really exciting Hi, Natalie. My name is Lindsay, and I'm from Washington, D.C. in the United States. Um, My question is in regards to ancestors versus spirit guides. Um, And I, not to get too personal, but I lost my grandmother uh, within the past year, and I find that when I'm trying to connect to my spirit guides, I always feel her energy first. Um, and I'm not sure if maybe I'm confusing her with my main guide or what have you, but I have sometimes have trouble feeling my main guide or other guides as opposed to just my grandmother. And I was curious if you could talk about um, ways to distinguish between them and whether it is just confusing energy between um, that of your ancestors and your guides or how that kind of works. Um, hopefully that makes sense. And I love your podcast. Thank you so much. Lindsay, thank you for such an amazing question. So yeah, it can be really frustrating when there is a loved one in spirit, um, an ancestor in spirit who is really strong and they are the first person that always steps forward. Yeah, I have had several clients who have experienced this where they are loving being able to connect to a grandmother, a grandparent, a mother, a father, or a friend or brother, sister in spirit. Um, But they also want to connect to their main guide and it sometimes can feel like it's a struggle. Um, So what I will say is that our ancestors our loved ones in spirit can be part of our cheerleader team but they can't be our main guide so our main guide is separate to this it's just because our um, our main guide is with us from the moment we're born until the moment that we pass over so when a loved one family member pass over they become part of the cheerleader team but our guides will have different energy to our ancestors so if you are connecting to spirit you're in a guided meditation and it is your grandmother's energy that steps forward first you'll feel it like it is your grandmother like she's in the room with you you might feel that personal energy of how she was in living form and it will show up when how she's in spirit and the technique that I've used personally when I've wanted to connect with my spirit guides versus my familial ancestors I will ask them to kind of sometimes step back a little bit I will say hey Nan I'll know I know you're here but I'd love to connect with my main guide um 
can you allow that to happen? So I will acknowledge the ancestor. I will acknowledge my grandmother when she's there. And then I will call the energy of my main guide or the other guides I want to connect with. And I'll ask them to step forward more to give that stronger energy. And sometimes for others, you and I have this myself, that my guide will stand on a certain part of my body. So my main guide will stand to the left of my body um, and I'll be getting that information from her because I can feel her energy on my left. But for some reason that my ancestors might stand on the right side or they might stand in front of me or they might be behind me. So sometimes it's about working out um, for you personally where your ancestors stand, where your guides stand in your periphery during your guided meditations because that is also another great way to distinguish between this is a guide energy versus this is the energy of my ancestors. But I will also share that is there a difference between guides and ancestors? I know this is going to be a question that some of people are thinking, well, what's the difference between my ancestors and my guides? Your ancestors can be guides. You can have a main guide that is part of your ancestral line. Your main guide just can't be like a family member that has passed over during your living life. But you can have ancestors who are part of your spirit guide team. So I hope that helps, Lindsay. The next time you're connecting, acknowledging your grandmother, um, and then asking her energy to step aside and asking your main guide or the energy of the spirit team that you want to connect with, asking them to step further forward and asking her energy to step back a little bit. And also spending some time and just noticing when I'm connecting to my guides, where do I feel it in my body? Is it in front of me, to the side of me, behind me? Where is it? And when my grandmother steps forward, where do I feel that? Is she to the right? of me is to issue to the left of me where does it feel like in my body or in my sphere thank you for all of your questions there are some that I haven't got to in this episode but I am going to be answering them when we come back in September I wanted to answer as many of them as possible in this episode I haven't got to all of them so if you have submitted a written question or an audio question I am going to be answering more when we come back in September. And if you're listening to this and you have a question yourself, um, please email it to me, uh, a audio clip to podcast at natalie-miles.com. Keep it short, keep it punchy, mention your name and where you live. And I would love to answer your questions. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you feel called, please rate and review. Give me a follow on Instagram. I am Natalie Miles. I would love to hear your thoughts on the episode there as well. Don't forget there is this month's online circle on the 21st of August 
and yeah, have a good couple of weeks. Um, it's a good time to get caught up on all the episodes that have been coming up and go and have a listen to the August upgrade message. This month's channeled upgrade message, it will give you some additional guidance on clarity on the energy of the month ahead. Thank you for listening and yeah, I'll be back September 4th with the September upgrade message. Have a good rest of your month. Bye.